Welcome to another episode of Dark Days Radio. I'm one of your regular hosts, Chris, and I am joined by Crystal. Hello, Crystal. Hello. How are things going? They are going. Yes. It is. <laughs> I know it is feeling. It's fall here, and uh, the, so the weather is starting to change over, and uh, it went from like 70s here, and now it's down to like 50s during the day, and then we're supposed to be getting snow soon, so... Yay. That's all in Fahrenheit, and I don't understand Fahrenheit. <laughs> Sorry. Um... It's like minus 32 off it, isn't it? And then divide by something. <laughs> yeah. I, I, Chig is way better at converting Fahrenheit on the fly. Um, yeah. I I want to say it's probably about... It started out to be about, I want to say, 20 Celsius. Let's see. 70. I'm, I'm literally <laughs> putting it into... 70 Fahrenheit in Celsius. Yeah, that's 21 Celsius. Oh, I was right. Um, and then it is in, which makes sense, on a minus 30 divided by, something that's like minus 32 divided by 2, I think. And then 50 is down to 10. Yeah, it's yeah. been like that here. It's like been less than 10 in Sheffield uh, and wet. And yeah, it's been interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, it's busy. Uh, I mean, that's why I think you're seeing more of us with our podcasting we're running our own little things kind of through dark days radio and then every so often we gather up and do bits because obviously you've got your freelancing mentorship series which has got three episodes out now um it has three full episodes and then there's a whole bunch and i gotta actually get my recordings for gamehole con up um but there's a bunch of live um recordings from gen con and gamehole con up there on the series as well that's awesome yeah um my end uh my brain's been taken up by learning to drive not passing driving tests doing more lessons that takes up so much of your mental capacity and while you're doing your job and then (laughs) and then writing for games i've just finished writing some stuff for wrath and glory there's there's so much to come out for wrath and glory um that's all quite exciting uh yesterday i was streaming with um the guys over at the rookery so rookery publication so um yeah. that's with graham davis who is a notable writer for warhammer fantasy roleplay uh Lindsay <laughs> law who has also worked on warhammer fantasy and does and and is part of the, the rookery the rooks that are, are there so that was an entire stream about what is ai what is machine learning how does that relate to ai art is that going to mean we don't have artists anymore? Do we need artists anymore? The answer is yes, we do. Like yes, and yes, we do. It's not it's not AI art because we don't have AI yet in that sense. It's machine learned learning art. Um, and then we got into like the whole discussion of like, well, how do you represent AIs in your sci-fi horror games and and so forth? And so there was conversations and some examples in there, and it was. A lot of discussion and covered a lot of topics. So that was a lot of fun. Um, we've also had episodes on what have we done previously? We've had Hunter. Uh, I know Mike has interviewed David about the about that Kickstarter for the um, uh, divination in RPGs. Uh, so that's out already to listen. If you listen yeah. to this, this will be uh, that episode will have come out last week. Um, so you can go back to listen to that. Uh, 
also, I know Iron Kingdoms, they've announced the next the name of the next Kickstarter. So that's Into the Deep Wild, or yeah. So that's going to cover some other playable heritages. So Gatormen, mm-hmm. Croaks, and other, other weird things that exist in the wilderness of the Iron Kingdom. So that's going to be fun. Um, and then otherwise, hobby-wise, I mean, what have you been up to hobby-wise that isn't going to conventions? Oh, goodness. Um, so a couple of things that I've been into hobby-wise is uh, I have been part of a lot of discussions about unionizing. Okay. <laughs> um, and like the practicalities and stuff like that of, of like how to do that. Um, I am not an organizer. So the only thing that I can do is talk about like how the teacher union that I'm a part of is is working on doing stuff like that and even then like in wisconsin the teacher union is um handicapped by by a lot where we can only negotiate for pay and that is it we can't do anything else with our contract um thank you to the republican scott walker for that um Hmm. so but like it's it's interesting how there are companies out there that are like, absolutely, if our freelancers unionize, we will totally work with them. And then there are others that are like, nope, we will not. And wow. It's interesting to see the split between that hmm. um, and which companies are saying that publicly and which companies are kind of keeping that on the down low. Interesting. Yeah. And I mean, that's 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 important because obviously this comes back to the whole thing of like, you know, I think mostly that's you've mostly said a fair bit already we've said in previous episodes but i'm sure as part of the freelancer series is that freelance writing at least in rpgs doesn't pay big bucks like you're doing it for yep. the love um and i guess unionizing should mean you know the the ideally will mean being paid at least comparable to other industries and then also i guess also around the whole thing of being paid on time and for what and 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 having contracts actually um recognized properly and respected Mm -hmm. and adhered to because obviously we know (laughs) with personal experience of people not adhering to contracts and paying on time and it's soul destroying because it makes you end up hating the hobby uh when when you know that's how you got into it i mean i guess that's part of the thing isn't it as well i'm not too sure where where, i can't remember where you're up to in the freelancers but i think the first isn't the first thing with the freelance writing is you you've got to immediately get out of your head that you're of treating it like a hobby and it is you know treat it as professionally as possible because otherwise yeah people will exploit you because you're because you're doing yeah. it for the love, you're doing it for the exposure. It's like no, I'm doing this so I can buy toy soldiers. Or at least that's yeah. what I was doing. Um, I mean, it's great to have you know a whole bunch of money in my drive-through account for all of the sales that we have, and I can just go and buy my friends RPGs without spending actual money. Yeah, like that's great. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it'll be so. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how that works. And obviously, I know in the US it's mostly. It's important in the US. I wonder how that reflects then into other countries, how that will reflect into other countries like in the UK and so forth, where I don't know what, I don't know what we have for that type of thing, like unions and how they're respected with, at least for uh, freelance writing. Um, That's a very interesting question. 
that that has been not something that has been discussed, which is interesting because it's something I've thought of um, because I like to think in steps Mm. and logistically like there, there definitely has to be a lot more talk about it and talk through it. Um, But there has to be, I I feel like it should be more like a guild rather than a union where like the, the membership is open because like technically if you think about it, I'm management because I hire people for PIP system. So would I ever be able to be a part of a union? Because technically I'm also a freelancer. Yeah. You know, so there's, there's a lot of like what ifs and like, there's a lot of loops within this whole system and knots that, that has to be talked out and worked through. Um, And there are people who are better at it than I am. Um, I just have been vocal about it. So, so I have, I have been getting a lot of questions and discussion points on that. Hmm. Um, so yeah, like, it's interesting. It's definitely a, I did not expect to take to, to ever go down this pathway. Um, but then again, I also never expected to get into writing either. Yeah. So there's that. Interesting. Um, I'm trying to think what I've done hobby wise. <laughs> I've, I've painted terrain because I've been like my desk and everything. What with housework, you know, house renovation stuff being done. Yeah. My office space is still a dumping ground for everything else in the house in some respects. So I'm going to try and tidy up my table tomorrow and therefore finish off painting some stuff to then start on some new things. But I have painted terrain. I have. I have painted that, uh, what was it, the Skull Vein, no, what was it, War Scryer Citadel, which is a huge piece of Warhammer terrain. It's like, Ooh. it's massive. It's like about, it's about 12 inches tall and wide and is a big, like, um, skull-encrusted uh, observatory. So it just looks Oh, cool. I can't wait to see that. It's it's painted up. It's on somewhere on the on the on the Instagram or something like that. Uh, oh, and to, then I'll have to look. I haven't been paying attention too much I've to that. So. Just painted today because I, I bought secondhand the big modular gaming table that Games Workshop made back in the day called Realm of Battle. And it's oh. it's one that does it it's just it's just rolling hills. There's nothing actually too special about it, but it's it's plastic and it's it can make a four foot by six foot board. Not that I have room in that in my house for all of that space, but as a four foot uh, board square, it's um, it's good. And then if I go to a gaming club, once I pass my driving test, I can put it in the back of the car, take everything else, set yeah. up, and actually have you know playable space. So yeah, I've been doing like little you know bits and bats like that. Um, right, uh, I can't think of any other interesting gaming news or any products out that I've been working on. Anything out in particular that you've been working on? Oh, one, there is one thing we put out recently that was Paradigm Shift that David wrote. Oh, so, yeah, we did Paradigm Shift. Uh, Paradigm I Shift, I forgot about that. Yeah, Paradigm Shift is a Chronicles of Darkness scenario. Uh, it's ideally an introductory scenario for mortal characters. It is also perhaps an introductory scenario that ties into uh into say hunter or into uh demon the descent and is kind of a tech is kind of techno cronenberg style horror um 
and is set in Manchester, which is good, uh, and is all about, you know, the God Machine and some, uh, let's say, sentient algorithm that is infecting things. Uh, I'm gonna. That's as much as I'm gonna say. So that's on Drive Through RPG right now. I think everyone's had a hand in this, whether it's been from the editing side of it or refining it or doing the layout. Um, so that's all been good fun. Um, what other products are out? Is there anything out from your end? Anything particular? Um, Hecking Godagos just shipped out, um, and I I wrote one of the scenarios for it. That's going to be coming out on PDF though. Um, okay. which uses the plus one system. Um, they switched it, or not switched it, but they, they developed it for non, non-aggressive combat because <laughs> nobody wants to harm animals and pets and stuff like that. Yeah. So um, they definitely shifted the, the feel of the plus one system, but it works really, really well. Um, and mine, it, my scenario is you are battling the mystic waters of the hydrant. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think that's the biggest one, uh, other than Kids Guide to Monster Hunting, which is out. And I had an actual play with the Rook and the Rasp for Kids Guide to Monster Hunting. So if you are interested in checking that out and understanding what Kids Guide to Monster Hunting is for PIP system, um, I highly suggest going to watch that because the people that I played with were amazing. Um, and, and John is absolutely amazing. And he also just launched a Kickstarter for gutter punk, which is great. Um, he was playtesting it at Gen Con. So definitely check that out. Cool. That's very cool. Um, right. Okay. So with that all out of the way, we will get into our main topic, which is a bit more, a bit different for Dark Days Radio. Um, so we're going to be looking at the Chimeric Herbarium by Zoetica Ebb. Right, okay, so Zoetica Ebb, if you're unaware of, is a artist. Um, previously has been a model uh, for... Uh, brands like Mother of London and Plastic Wrap, uh, and also is was previously one of the team behind the magazine Coil House, which I've got a few issues of that. So that was kind of like a alternative subculture magazine. And over the last few years, I guess she's the way has been building up a portfolio of artwork, which has a very particular style of uh, pen and ink style, uh, which focuses around uh, the, I guess the way to describe it is strange alien botany. So in other words, mm-hmm. her artwork features structures, which would not be out of place of what you would see in any um very scientific book about horticulture so you know there are cross sections in her books of these imagined um alien plants uh there are descriptions in this book of these things uh and the shapes the forms are both evocative and also quite uh horrific because let's be honest i mean i know this book is 
described Chimeric Cabarum, the world of alien botany, but also even in our world, there are some really weird fucked up plants out there, yes. or there's some really weird fucked up uh, fungus out there, yep. or bacterium that grow in particular way. So this kind of takes that and presents it as a very large format um, coffee table art book around the idea that Zoetica Ebb is, you know, placed herself as as this uh, kind of is written in this this idea of that it's an account of of the discovery of like a of a capsule that's been returned back to Earth from some strange planet and has within it uh, the descriptions, maybe mad ravings, but descriptions and and diagrams of plants and descriptions of how the crew on this ship died as they were consumed and infected and infested by the strange alien life forms on that world and Zoetica Ebb was is is the is one of the uh one of the astronauts one of the the astronauts who survived there and who had the joy horror of of um of recording what happened um going from the website from Zoetica Ebb's website Comeric Herbarium presents uh, Zoetica Ebb's findings in large format plates of detailed stark black and red diagrams alongside eerie descriptions of mysterious flora and ways it interacts with humans, presumably other crew members of her ill-fated space mission. The sumptuous foil-stamped black tome uh, with a field durable five-part cover. It is solid. This book is huge. Um, uh, contains the complete alien botany art archive and a record of these new forms and that have taken years since their infectious collection was discovered on Earth. They're also towards the back of this book, while you do have um, all these art prints and the the paper is thick. I am holding it right now and it's like it's uh, to 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 pimp another thing which I work on, which is Cyber Magazine. We're talking like it is thick paper. Like this is if you were to paper cut yourself with this, God help you. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's that thing. There's also towards the back, though. There are um, there are prints, more glossy, kind of magazine style print, um, which are of uh, works that were drawn from Zoetica's kind of artistic style for these art prints. So again, there's uh, there's uh, images, dresses that were modelled by. Um, uh, by Y5 uh, Lauren Vex, that's what I was thinking of um, and those dresses were made by plastic wrap of course uh, and then there's other um, other you know colour col- more colourful prints that are outside of the just black and white and red prints and really just as you expect it's an art book, it's a coffee table book but the first half which is all these art prints I looked at and I got sent a, I, you know, I knew I was aware of Zoetica's work. And when, you know, I was like thinking, okay, art book. And I was like, I think this feel, falls within our wheelhouse. And oh, yeah. when it arrived, I was like, this is, this is, these things in here need profiles, need stat lines, need something for some game because they are fucked up and they mm-hmm. are, they are good horror. So I'm going to stop chatting at this point because i think i've given at least an overview um and i want to get uh your impressions then crystal um so one of the things that i absolutely love is i love to see books done as if they're old journals specifically botany journals like i have the wicked plants book 
which is all about plants that are poisonous and mm-hmm. then like it and like how to kill and how they kill you um and it is done like it is some sort of early botanist book they're hand drawn pictures of these plants they have labeling and they have like descriptions and stuff like that and it's it's done so gorgeously and i love stuff like that and this is very much done in the same way where they have the pictures of these plants they're and they're and then in like a drawing style um and then they also have like the bisection of it and then they have like how it how it like affected the body um like the very first one that they have is how it implanted itself in the eye of somebody yes which, and they have like a bisection of the eye so like if you're not into body horror uh definitely there's a trigger warning for this uh, i find this absolutely fascinating and I love it. Um, I love that that whole style of how how to like how to present plants in an interesting way. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because like um, I mean, obviously it taps into um, it taps into something which I guess in some respects in our modern age where we have the ability to scan whether it's by CT scan, magnetic image uh, resonance imaging or or taking high resolution photography and and so forth this harkens back to the age where you know in in medicine in particular i mean if you go to boston uh and you go to the the museum that's attached to the uh boston uh hospital uh city hospital i can't remember what the name is but it's the one which has the etherdome right and has the has the mummy in a case there as well just if you're ever in boston go see that it's great <laughs> But also, the the museum has a wonderful collection of again these gorgeously illustrated um, images of parts of the human body sliced open for everyone to see. And there's there's just something about be about someone being able to draw in such detail the structures of organic life forms and get across I, I think that's the important aspect is getting across how it operates through what is a static image and knowing what the best slices through the thing is or what the best close-ups are in order to in order to really impart upon us how this thing works and so I think the Kamerkaberim does that with these imagined <laughs> life forms yeah and they, there are some really horrible ones. So, like, you know, that we begin with, was it a seedling that... And again, the language, the language that Zoetica uses is clearly drawn from her extensive research into into plants and, and yep. biology. Um, and is written exactly in that style. So, you know, yes. do not be put off by how wordy it is because... It is meant to feel like that, like, and yep. so that should just, it's, yeah, make you reach for a dictionary <laughs> to understand what it is. It's meant to be a botanist recounting, yeah, of everything, and so it's going to have a lot of description, um, specifically scientific description. If you've never picked apart a science journal before, or even like a paragraph of a science journal, um, it can be extremely overwhelming. Um, 
my my suggestion if if this is something that is overwhelming to you is to uh definitely uh look at the parts that are um familiar to you and use those to kind of interpret everything else yeah and yeah so i mean the descriptions of these so what have we got i said we've got something which i think the initial one was so we're going to give a very brief overview we've got a seedling which gets into the body grows and connects with the eye and is it does it replace it or i can't remember or it grows around it it grows around it yeah that's that's interesting um there's uh another what's the next one <laughs> it's just does oh yeah it clamps onto the person onto yeah, the that, person that looks more like a fungus yes um then we have another one which is like these magnetic seeds and so they uh, let's think what what's it say like it um yeah latch on to latch onto onto um a creature and then burrows into it causing hallucinations and and so forth and gets it to consume to obviously help it grow the seed and then it has to return back to the ideal conditions where the seed pod now that it's ready to bloom to fully mature releases um so that's you know and these are all interesting ideas of how i guess like how you can create some very horrific concepts in here because this is about within your games like you could quite easily port these things into um like chronicles of darkness because that could be oh, yeah. these could be basically could be you could use them as cryptids or alien life forms you know the god machine and other things come from other worlds um or in mage the or any of the mage games it could obviously be a um these oh, could man. be organisms that uh that are created due to paradox or, or well, come from I the was abyss. Just thinking that, <laughs> you know, they're very abyssal kind of uh, entities. Um, or, I mean, the other place you go is is with werewolf, where these because in in werewolf you could get plants which, um, I guess, spirits that want to create plants that don't exist in the natural world because they've consumed to become magath. And but very plant-driven magath, so they're like amalgam spirits, and the thing they want to bring into being is these kind of weird plants. Um, that's kind of the initial places with the games that we're most familiar with. Uh, but also, I mean, you could coming from like um, from the worlds of like Warhammer Forty Thousand, you could populate a death world with. Oh, gosh, horrific yeah. plant life which includes things like this and one of the things that i found quite interesting is the arts with the art style is back when the tyranid codex came out back in oh god that's like 1995 1996 <laughs> 1995 <laughs> um and the black and white artwork because they again you're dealing with these bio weapon organisms is this is reminiscent of that because again you had the tyranids some of their weapons were like glorified firing seeds at people that burrow into them or and germinate in their blood or or stuff like that because obviously the tyranids the the barrier between plant and creature to the tyranids is like non-existent um any other favorite things that uh, you want to pick out in the in the uh, the 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 plants that we have here, Crystal? 
I am I am really liking like the um it's on page 22 in the the um PDF but it's um uh Desiderium papilo uh papilinum uh it looks like this weird it looks like the part of the mask from Sandman in like this gastropod oh, and then it opens up into like this really gorgeous like um, bloom that kind of looks like the corpse flower and apparently like those tentacles latch onto whatever is there and um, like it looks like it's consuming its flesh and stuff like that like it's wrapped around its rib cage oh yeah yeah like that is extremely face hugger to me like you could easily throw this into an alien game um, yeah it, oh yeah you know like if you if you want to get away from or you're doing like a cinematic play style for alien and you want to get away from like the traditional aliens and do something else this is absolutely in that that wheelhouse yeah you can get you could get quite a lot of paranoia with just whether someone's been infected by a plant and whether it's going or by a fungus and whether yeah. and who who in the party might reach maturity and spread their the spores and that's actually an episode of the x-files has that exact idea that there's this ancient fungus that has infected these researchers and when it spores when it bursts forward from their throat i think it releases the spores so there's a whole like every time this happens people like lose their shit um and you've got obviously you've got You've got Scully being like, wait, but this is really interesting. It's like, but it's going to fucking kill you. Um, <laughs> Isn't that every episode of X? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's a plan. It's it's just a plan. Um, yeah. I, I mean, like, it's... I think the... Oh, the thing I was going to say is I think there's, there's... The style of book just makes me think of like how it has almost... Uh, an OSR kind of Mortborg kind of feel to it where oh, yeah, absolutely. because that minimalist um, color palette yep. and and I think while the graphic design of those RPG books are very kind of in your face and very rough shod and like just get it on the fucking page get that ink on the page get the paint on the page do it this is almost like that but flipped because it's the precision of trying to get across what these fucking plants are doing to people yep <laughs> um i mean i i would say the one which also looked particularly like uh freaky um is what was it the um the lig liguam ignotum uh which i think it's just because there's the one which involves some f- <laughs> Is bladders filled with fluid? Sorry if that was uh, from from uh, what you call from <laughs> from from future future armor. Um, uh, but it's that one image of like the astronaut being surrounded by these by these um, is it fibrils that we have in our gut? I think it's fibrils. Yeah, I think it's fibrils. And it just, uh, it's just kind of like that's. St- I think it's interesting where you can get across that theme of that is sticky and gooey and gross. Oh yeah. In a picture. Um, oh yeah, that that picture absolutely looks wet. 
Like, that looks weird. <laughs> yes. Um, but I mean, the, you know, the 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 take home with it is like, you know, there's no rules content in here whatsoever. But I think there's a lot of of interesting ways of of inspiring your games where you want to have antagonists that aren't really like they're not conscious not in the same way fight in a battle no no it's it's you're not going to fight in a battle yet it's going to be a battle to overcome that and or, or at least you can litter some alien world or i say alien world but even some fantastic you know fantastical fantasy location yeah. it's it's going to cause uh trouble with that um what other points were there to, to bring up our last thoughts about it? Um, I like I I feel like this plays into this primal horror of like have you ever heard of the the statistic where like statistically if insects and and stuff like that didn't exist that fungus would actually take over the world? Yeah, something um, like that. Like yeah, like like. Like there are things that keep fungus in check because fungus otherwise would absolutely take over the world and they don't need us to exist to continue to, to thrive. And so this plays upon that primal horror fear feel uh, that you get like when people see certain types of fungus, there are certain people that are like, oh my God, don't ever touch that. And then there are others that are like, oh, I want to pick the fungus um, you know, <laughs> without knowing what it is. Um, and then there are others that are like, no, you absolutely should not be touching that because it's going to kill you, you know? So like it, it can definitely bring out those aspects in a group, you know, like you have the person that is studying this stuff and can apply that knowledge of fungus and botany and stuff to this stuff and be like, Oh, this is bad. This is really bad. And then there are others that are like, I want to touch it because it looks cool. Yeah. Yeah, for certain. Um, I think the other thing is, I think it's it's a really, like I said, I think it's a really interesting book to look at for inspiration if you're if you're doing if you're like looking to make a new mm-hmm. game in the it's sense gorgeous. of look, looking for an art style because I just think that while Mortborg has been quite the release and obviously has been quite influential uh, of late with games like. You know there are there's cyborg, uh, there is uh, Vaskrim, which we're going to talk about in a little bit in a moment. There are games like that. It's kind of that art style still con- is continues through those mm-hmm. games of that very kind of like it's you can it feels like it's been slapped together, glued together, spat at whatever you know to get it to 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 work as a book um, while. I still think that you could take the style of the Chimeric Chimerium and use that for an RPG. Oh yeah. To reinforce certain themes, I don't know what that. I think it would be very good for uh, some sort of science horror type game. Um, I would. I would love to see something like this with like a, a field journal dissecting with an aliens game, honestly, and not even yeah. like the traditional aliens. Like no, yeah. some of the other stuff that they find and you co- you come in contact with and like the drawings and everything like that. So the thing I was going to talk about briefly then, where I think this you could use the Chimeric Hibarium and most really easily start kind of using the concepts out of it. 
at least the you know, the, the plants that is a game I backed called Vasgrim, which is a Mortborg compatible game by Infinite Black. So it is, uh, a, a, by comparison, quite a small book, <laughs> but it is it is again like like I said, it is it takes that Mortborg um, style, and the main concept is, and I'll I'll, I'll read the uh, I'll read the blurb for this is uh, the wor- the earth that once was uh, has been sliced through Norda and chewed upon and spat out. Um, all that remains are floating vestibules anchored to the fragment carcass of an exploded planet and the ships. Uh, is there fuel in their cores? Is it even possible to evade and escape the inevitable? I think not. Those that still remain are merely vessels within vessels waiting to be fed upon. Let us not forget... The space stations, perhaps there is still some form of civilization left in these pockets. When will a dormant uh, awaken to become one of the grim? Uh, when will they be called to feast upon their souls? I pray that today is not the day where I'm one uh, where I where I am beckoned to become one of them. So, it's a sci-fi setting um, where the galaxy is being slowly taken over by these. Um, these things called worms and so they're very eldritch in their nature they infest people they infect people and drive them quite mad um there are you know as an osr game you can expect it's the normal kind of very random tables you can play a whole host of different type of characters in it so the character types i'm going to just quickly go through there are the machines, which is cyborgs Soul survivors, clearly people that have seen a lot of crap in their time and, and somehow survived. You've got techno majors, uh, well, sorry, techno majors, but they're called techno, uh, sorry, techno maniacs, which uh, you've got twisted biochemists, you've got traitorous mercs, you've got emo bot, which is basically you're a robot with emotions, lovely. And then you've got uh, uh, the devout, so you can play a priest in a sense, a harvester, they're good at digging around people's stuff and taking things. And as you expect from it, that's the, uh, you know, it, a very OSR in that nature. And then the list of, like, creatures and things you can come up against is interesting. And they are gross. And some are described with luminous blood. There are, obviously, there are there are space, space zombies. There are the Grim. So the Grim... What the Grim are in this setting. The Grim will inhabit any living vessel they can find. Uh, you you may find yourself up against someone from your old legion or mutate or even like a mutated creature. So the Grim, these worms burrow into anyone. Uh, they're easily distinguishable once fully overtaken by the Grim. Their eyes turn bioluminescent blue and their veins an electric pink. Uh, this colour radiates from their eye sockets as it seeps under their skin until the flesh cracks. And so... The point of the game is that there's there's always a danger with a lot of the things you come up against that you could become one of the grim, and I think it's it's true grim dark because one of the tables you have to roll on when you start the game is to find out you choose you basically are choosing um, how close you are to the end times. So there's a table that you roll on which are called torments. And so, for example, if you it's a D66, so there's that many uh, endings or, or, or stages towards the end times. For example, you could roll on torments and get the result that says 
And from the farthest corners, three stars will supernova, and at its centre, the worms will scream. And that's it. It has no... It just sets the tone. And I think... I think we're at some point we'll do some more chat about Mortball because we've got some other games that are based on those same systems. So we've got Vasquez yeah. to talk about a lot more. We've also got Cyborg, which I've got a hard copy of, which looks a lot of fun and is lighter weight when you compare it to Cyberpunk Red or similar systems. Uh, yeah. What else have we got from Mortball? We've got the... Uh, what's the one I've, I also backed? I've got the PDF of. I can't remember um, the name. There was one that was just done, like very shortly ago. Yeah, um, let me look. It was the one by. Uh, let me find it on Facebook. I'm going to go on my Facebook and I'm going to go to the right. Uh... It's not Whispers of the Dead Saint. Uh, no, the other one is. Let me find it. Why have I forgotten its name? I mean, I've read through it and it's kind of cool because you basically you're playing you play undead characters in it, oh, or you're basically playing revenants, uh, demon dogs, or demon oh, dogs. Sorry. Okay. So that's from Dave Allsop and Jared Elf. So at Slay from Slay Industry. So they're the the artist minds behind the Slay Industry game, and that's they describe it as a punk tale of revenge and redemption. So we've got that to review, and again. The interesting thing about that is you've got the Mortboard kind of graphic art design, but the way monsters and characters and so forth are drawn are very much in that Slay Industries 2000 AD kind of style. And when I saw it, I was like, okay, right, this is a cool book. Um, yeah, so I think it'd be good to like talk about these kind of lightweight RPGs, that kind of Mortboard style, because I don't think we've really gone into them a lot. And kind of just get the feel for why they're interesting and fun to play. Especially because I think the, obviously the, co the core element of these, like you look at Vasgrim, is you roll on a few tables and you've got a character ready to play and the system yep. doesn't ask you to invest much more into it, unlike, say, if you were playing Vampire or... Well, Warhammer yeah. Fantasy allows us to randomise characters, but like you can't... That's because it's telling you, do you want to do it? Or do you want to go full random? Or do you want to take a bit more time? Depending upon what you're doing. Um, well, I mean, talking about like new stuff, like because there's stuff that's turning up in you know people's you know post boxes from Kickstarter. Was there anything at um, Game Hole new? Anything highlights game wise? New stuff that you spot and just went, ooh, that's something to look out for. Oh, um. I, so there was a whole bunch of stuff, um, that was there, uh, uh, Free League was actually there with a booth, um, with all of their stuff. So they actually had Morkborg there and they had aliens and they had, um, Basin and all of that stuff. Um, there were, hold on a second. There were a couple of, um, things that were there that, uh, are coming out with some new... Because uh, I know Ed Burrell was there with um, Skeleton Key Games, and so they were yeah. showing off uh, Slime, which is a 5e splat book in quite literal sense. Um, so that Kickstarter's ended, but I thought was quite interesting because it's it's literally a, a full monster book 
yeah. and races and spells and subclasses all around the theme of slime. And there were some really nice like add-ons they did for it, which were uh, like an ex- there was like an accessory deck which just had the spells and everything from the book. They yeah. had the sludge farm, which was some adventure tiles, and you just tessellate and make a you know caverns of slime to go through. Um, so that that seemed like a neat thing. And Ed and uh, who else was writing on this? I believe. Oh, oh, Matt and Douglas Seacat. Um, obviously, the, all three of those uh, designers all worked for, or work, have, or currently still work for Private Press in some capacity in game yeah. design. So this was kind of like them doing a little fun thing. Uh, yeah, that's their own spin-off. Um, I'm trying to so, think. Yeah, come on. An- Anvil Eight was there. Anvil Eight okay. games. Um, and actually, um. Uh, two of my friends actually just purchased that company. Um, and so that was their first uh, convention with um, their products. Um, and so one of the, uh, the main game that they have out right now is um, uh, Ethereum. And they have a couple of um, expansions for it as well. And then uh, AAW Games, which did um, the... Oh, I forget the full title. Hold on a second. It's a um, it's a drow book that actually treats them respectfully. <laughs> uh, trying to find Rise of the Drow um, was there as well. Hmm. So, um, other games that were there, like uh, the other one. Uh, Sorry, I'm trying to look up stuff because it's been a while since I've mm-hmm. been there. I want to make sure I'm getting all of the the names correctly. Um, I had a very, very good talk with um, Zach, who is the um, lead project manager for Frog God, Frog God Games. Uh, we were on a couple panels together. Do-do. Um, come on, where is it? Sorry, you're gonna have to cut some stuff. Oh no! Sorry. <laughs> oh, uh, independent pub, independent publishers union. That's what I wanted to. So the independent publishers union is not a union like what we've been talking about, but it is a group of individuals who have been getting together. Um, they do publish OSR stuff, but they have been working really hard to kind of combat some of the the uh more negative aspects of the osr community um Mm -hmm. and uh they have invited me on to several of their panels um to talk about freelancing and they talk about it from like a publisher standpoint um and we've worked together on a couple of different things um they're individuals that i've really grown to respect and to appreciate and to see that they really are trying to make the community better um, and still do the things that they love to do. Uh, and a couple of the, the guys that would be on there um, in there is Skeeter Green, um, uh, Levi Combs, Jim uh, Wampler. Uh, let's see here. Who else? I'm trying to think of. There's like a whole bunch of them. Ian. Um, blanking on his last name, which is, you know, great. <laughs> uh, 
but yeah so so if you haven't checked out the independent publishers union definitely check them out they've been at a whole bunch of different conventions they're continuing to travel um but they also have a very active facebook group and i believe they're on twitter so um right well i think we've covered everything we wanted to with this and just kind of like you know talk about just generally chinwag about some gaming and (laughs) plans um so i think in the next next few episodes we've got planned uh i think i am going to sort out the show notes and get prepared for another dark hour episode which is going to cover zinch finally because zinch is great (laughs) zinch is a fun one to just (laughs) gonna be really complicated to talk about the change of ways um but that'll be soon. Um, and then uh, I don't think we've got anything, any other particular this is a thing. Like we're, we're obviously diversifying because, you know, let's be honest, like uh, our typical bread and butter uh, games are publishing at a rate of, of, of what, well, at the rate of what glaciers would, would be described of in days gone by glaciers right now move pretty fast uh unfortunately um but with the with the freelancing series crystal what's um what have what stuff we got planned after i know you've done the you've got recordings for the panels and and so forth when you've been at conventions what's the uh the more kind of like scheduled interview mentor mentee episode that you episodes you've got planned coming up so the next one that i want to do is the writer's process okay um, and I am going to be reaching out to the people that I have in mind for guests um, uh, to be on there as well and hopefully get that recorded. I need to get um, the live recordings that I have for GameholeCon cleaned up and up. Um, and yeah, uh, after that, I'm also working on the next PIP system, which I'm going to do. I'm challenging myself as a developer. <laughs> um, and trying to take away mechanics didn't still make it feel like the pip system. So we're going to do like a pip system similar to like Animal Crossing or <laughs> Stardew Valley, Valley, where it's like very low key chill. You know, it's it's something for you to add into games after you're done adventuring or to allow your players to do like one on one gameplay with themselves and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. So that's coming up um i have a couple other announcements for some other projects that i'm going to be working on hopefully soon hmm. um so i've been, just been keeping busy yeah that's that's the best way though um yeah okay that's cool well at least we've got more content definitely on the way um oh, yeah. And then at some point, uh, we will. I'd be good to get back into doing some streamed games. Um, I mean, oh, there absolutely. are ideas we have. It's just like I said, sometimes it's just time and energy because it's like literally everyone on Dark Days Radio is pretty busy these days. Whether it's mm-hmm. doing mundane stuff like buying a house or doing up a house or learn to drive or something else like that, or it's just doing lots of writing. That's the uh, that's the thing. Um, but we will keep our eyes out for any other interesting and cool releases. Uh, oh, absolutely. Up. Um, I know I played the I played the beta for Dark Tide. So that's the Warhammer 40k um, 
computer game that's by uh, Fat Shark Games. So that's um, it's basically like Vermintide, where it's oh. a cooperative kind of. How do I want to say cooperative? It's, is it a dungeon crawl? I guess it is. You know, you're going into the hive and you're killing lots of, you know, Nurgle infested demon. Well, I say demons, but like zombies and so forth. Uh, so I think once that is out, I've talked to James about it, and now obviously my gaming PC is back and working fine. It'd be very nice to try and stream some of that because that'll be hilarious. Um, <laughs> be very funny. Um, and yeah, uh, I think that's really it. So if you've been listening, thank you for listening. Obviously, yeah. if you want to get in touch with us, uh, email us at darkdaysradio at gmail.com you can find us on uh, well you can find us on Instagram at darkdaysradio, you can still find us currently at time of recording on Twitter at darkdaysradio you can find us on Facebook, you can also use the show links to get to our Discord community to chat about things there with us Um, I have a profile on Mastodon but I don't know uh, how we're going to go about whether Dark Days Radio has some formal presence on there yet or, or whatever because I know there is the exodus from Twitter occurring uh, so we'll look at that it feels like Google Plus all over again actually having to do this type of thing but you know, yeah, know. We'll, we'll see what's happening um, but you know the Discord is generally the best place to come to chat to us yep. uh, and that's about it I think yeah I think that's it for me yep okay well thank you for listening and goodbye for now This has been an episode of Darker Days Radio. Special thanks to Occam's Laser for the intro, outro, and new bumper music from their hit album, Nine Circles. Check out the rest of their work at occamslaser.bandcamp.com.